Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. He's alive. The title of this word, God give me, is the benefits of the resurrection of Jesus. You know, there are benefits to him being resurrected. <laughs> there are benefits. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I've had the thoughts, and I may have even taught it, that God sent Jesus not knowing that Jesus had a choice, and he did have a choice, that he might not come, return back to heaven. That ain't true. God knows all. That right there... Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he sent his son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That has, a, that has an ending to it. Not just a beginning. He didn't just send his son in that scripture. He says that they'll have everlasting life. In other words, Jesus is going to accomplish what God sent him to do. God knew it. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. Second Corinthians chapter 6. says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. In verse 2, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Verse 1 tells us that we co-labor with God. We co-labor with Jesus. A lot of times we, look, we like to bring things to God, lay them at his feet, tell God, okay, you deal with this, and I get up and go on about my business. I get up and go on. I get up and go shopping. I get up and go fishing. I get up and go whatever. I do what I want to do and expect God to just fix my mess. I can't say this for everyone, 
But when I come to God with a problem, you know what he usually does for me? He gives me instructions. He gives me instructions. Now, if I follow those instructions, it works. If I don't follow those instructions, you know what happens. It don't work. But what we have to realize is when we ask God and he gives us instructions, they're not mind instructions. They're spirit instructions. They're they're instructions from heaven. They literally, God reached into, God sent instructions from heaven. He's, He's basically saying, okay, if I was in your situation, if I was in your mess, this is what I would do to get out of it. I think he knows what he's talking about. So we co-labor with him. And verse 2 says, now is the day of salvation. Now. Sometimes we think salvation, that Jesus died on the cross so that we could be saved, so that we could go to heaven. And that is the truth. But salvation actually means, it says now is the day of salvation, which means we can step into salvation now. Salvation actually means to rescue. If you need rescued from something, salvation is now. If you need delivered from something, salvation is now. You need saved from something, salvation is now. It's now. We, we have a tendency to look into the future and think, well, well God's going to one day. We push one day back and back and back and back when salvation is now. God wants to do something for us now. Now. John 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy now. Now. He's not waiting till, oh, I'm going to wait till they get to be 30. I'm going to wait till they get to be 40. I'm going to wait. No, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy now. Because, see, once we cross over into heaven, he can't touch us, Pastor Tim. We're untouchable. Once that's made, once we cross over. So that tells me that abundant life is now. Abundant life is for now. Jesus came that we could have abundant life now. I'm not going to need abundant life once I step into heaven. I'll have it. 
I'll have it in its fullest, in its full, fullest capacity. Hallelujah. You know, God started the resurrection process in John 3.16. You ever think about that? He started the process of resurrection in John 3.16. There would be no resurrection without Jesus being born. So he started it then. He planted Jesus then. He sent him for the purpose of resurrecting him. He sent him for that purpose so that he could return in victory. See, the resurrection of Jesus is not just so that we can live in victory or so that we can live in heaven. In heaven. We can live in heaven now. We live in heaven on earth. That's actually our job is to establish his kingdom, which is the heavenly realm of God on the earth. That's our purpose. But salvation starts for us, as Brother Allen brought it out. Salvation starts for us when we repent. When we ask God to forgive us of our sins and to come in and live in us. That's when salvation starts in me. That's where salvation starts. That's where I start walking in victory. I've heard it said salvation is basically getting your fire insurance paid. <laughs> that is true. But there's more to it than that. There's a lot more to it than that. Salvation starts when we ask Jesus to come and live inside of us. And salvation ends when we're raptured. Salvation is a process. Not a one-time event. I got a scripture for that. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation. Verse 13, for it is God who, which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. I can't save myself, but God works in me the process of salvation. See, salvation's a process. When I get saved, God starts working on me. He starts getting the junk out. He starts getting the... He starts 
messing with the way that I talk. And I'm not talking about using cuss words. When I talk about the way I talk, I'm talking about saying things that's opposite of what God says. He starts working on that. Yeah, he don't like for you to use curse words. But he's not as concerned about that as he is what you speak. I don't think he is. He's more concerned about what you say that's opposite of what he said. That's what he works on. That's how he works out our salvation. This begins to change the way we talk. See, once you get saved, we begin to walk. We teach here that you walk out of your circumstances. You walk out of it. Sometimes God will deliver you completely. But a lot of times, he'll give you a breakthrough, but then you've got to walk it out. You've got to keep pursuing him until you have victory in that area. Hallelujah. That's why we just keep coming back to the altar. We just keep coming back. We just keep coming back because he is alive. Salvation. For us to step into God's salvation for us. Requires laying our life down. It requires laying our life down. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 9 says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted Jesus and given him a name which is above every name. Why did he do that for Jesus? Because in verse 6 it says, Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant. That's what Jesus did. Jesus laid his earthly life down to do what God told him to do. Let's go to Mark 16. So I think if Jesus had Jesus laid his life down, I think that we have to lay our life down. Let me simplify laying our life down. Because it sounds, it sounds horrible. <laughs> it's, just paraphrase it real, make it simple. What it means to lay my life down is to basically allow Jesus to do what he wants to do through me. For me to respond the way he wants me to respond in a situation. Because we always have a choice. I've told y'all the story before about I had to make brownies for a man, a neighbor. 
that was God's that was God's way of handling the situation I had a neighbor that wasn't a nice man he got ugly with my son my response was I'm fixing to get ugly with him God's response was make him a pound of brownies I had to lay my life down my response I had to lay it down did I want to no there was nothing in me that wanted to respond the way God wanted me to respond but because I spent time in his presence and spent time in prayer and he could even speak to me to respond that way if we don't spend time in his presence we're not going to hear him We're going to think, well, the devil told me to make him some brownies, but no, that ain't right. God said, vengeance is mine, so I'm fixing to help God out. That's how I'm going to interpret things. But I had to respond the way God did, and things worked out. Hallelujah. We've got to hear his name, hear his word. I guess hear his name because his name is his word. Hallelujah. Mark 16, 17. Let's go up to verse 14. This is after the resurrection. It says, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven, and as they sat at meat, he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not on them which had seen him after he was risen. Jesus got on to his disciples. That's what it actually says. When it says he upbraided them, he corrected them. We think correction sometimes is not from God. Uh, there's a scripture that says, blessed is the man not offended in me. <laughs> In other words, God's going to do something that's going to offend your flesh. It's going to offend the way you think. So that you've got to know that it's God. Because he, Jesus corrected them. But then in verse 17, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils and speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Jesus appeared to the eleven. And then he told them, says, These signs shall follow them that believe. He didn't say, These signs shall follow you eleven that believe. It said, Them. That includes me. That includes me. That includes me. I can't say it includes you. I can't say it for you. I have to say it for myself. It includes me. Signs and wonders shall follow them, me that believes. It includes me. 
Look at Luke 10, 19. It says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Power to tread. Power to wage war. That's what tread means. It means power to wage war against the devil. And win. It's not just wage war. It's power to wage war and win. It's power to wage war and win. That's what resurrection did for us. That's what Jesus' resurrection, it sealed. It sealed victory. <laughs> Think of that. The resurrection of Jesus sealed victory for us. There's a scripture that says God's word is forever settled in heaven. That word is Jesus. It is settled. That's settled. When it says settled, it, that's a military term. It says it's a military post. His word is stable and solid. It is settled in heaven. The devil cannot snatch it back out of heaven. That means that whenever I got saved, my victory is sealed. I can walk in victory. Hallelujah. My victory is sealed. I'm not one of these that teaches once saved, always saved. I used to think that. My victory is sealed as long as I stay lined up with God. See, there are people that teach that once you get saved, you're saved. You can go out here and live like the devil. But when the rapture takes place, you're going. But there's somewhere in the Bible that talks about uh, your name being scratched out of the Lamb's book of life being blotted out in other words it was there but it is not now so I choose not to take that, that chance <laughs> whether they right or wrong just keep pursuing him 2 Corinthians 3 17 says where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom That's what resurrection did. The resurrection power, it brought freedom. It brought freedom to live. John 8, 36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. What does that mean? It means you shall be truly free. You shall be really free. When God sets you free, the enemy has no more hold on you. You know, we talk about the anointing around here. You know what the anointing actually means? It means you've been greased up. You've been oiled up. 
You ever tried to hold on to something that's oily? I know John has, working on automobiles. You got to wipe the oil off to get a hold of some stuff. The closer we get to Jesus, the oilier we get. The devil reach and grab a hold of you and he can't, he can't hang on. That's being truly free. It doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't come against you because he will. He always comes against you. He came against Jesus until, matter of fact, he thought he had him until he was resurrected. But he was oily. <laughs> he was oily. The devil couldn't hang on to him. And that's the way we are. So the resurrection power is real. He is alive. And as I was on, we were on our way out here this morning, driving out here. This is what I heard God say. He said, rise up, my people. Rise up. I bought your freedom. I bought your deliverance. Rise up. Run to me. Run to me. I bought your freedom. I bought your deliverance. Run to me. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. That's what God is saying to his people. The resurrection of Jesus it's for us to rise up. It's for us to rise up in power. It's for us to rise up in authority. That's what resurrection power did. If you want to walk in power and authority, he says, run. Run to me. Run. He literally means run. you want more power and authority than you got right now if you're happy with what you got that's fine but if you want more he's always got more the resurrection power is 100% victorious it is 100% victorious thank you again for tuning in with us if this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.